three mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 65. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Arkiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And we are home from school, like the rest of the United <laughs> States, almost, pretty much. Um, and so we got a hodgepodge of things we're going to talk about, things that have been on the back burner, some things we're looking forward to or wondering about, I guess, all that. So let's just roll, unless anybody else has anything else they want to say at the beginning. I just wish that you could have heard Tracy sing the oh. Reading Rainbow song at the beginning before we recorded. Yeah, you missed it, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Jay was testing out the sound and he played the Reading Rainbow song. And first of all, Ruth didn't know what it was. And then I didn't know the words. You know, <laughs> Jay's just over here like... It was a mess, y'all. I'm embarrassed. LeVar Le- Burton, all the way in California, is cringing right now. Yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry. Ruth's like, who's that? <laughs> Obviously, he has something to do with Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I love something, you, Ruth. A, a minor role to play yeah. in Reading Rainbow. All right. Moving on before anyway, so um, Ruth recently listened to episode sixty four, and she was ta- reminding me that we had a lot of unfinished conversations in that one. So we're going to wrap up some of those conversations, and one of those was that I was really digging deep with the teacher who wanted to really understand what was happening with equivalent fractions, and we 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 talked about some other things on the last podcast, but when it comes down to it, she just was like I. I need to see what's happening with equivalent fractions. I want to know what that has to do with um, least common multiple and how they're related and why you're multiplying to get equivalent fractions. You know, it, it, she just had a lot of questions. And I just have to go back and say I love that she was asking those questions, right? So you shared the thing about the Cuisinaire rods and, and like, say that again. Do you, do you remember what it was? So... We just talked about how if you were looking at one half with cues and air rods, it could be modeled more than just the one and the two. Mm -hmm. It could be modeled with the five and the ten. Well, one half is the same as five tenths. Right. But five and ten are five times bigger. Yeah. And so we kind of turned equivalent fractions into ratios which they are yeah so you're changing the unit yes and that was the part that kind of frustrated her I think is yeah. what you said when you went back yeah I went in and and tried that I was like oh here's another one because all the things I had tried weren't clicking yet and I was like let's see what you think about this one and she was like oh no that, I'm not <laughs> no, oh, no 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 because it's not okay because she rightfully so the the this idea of the whole changing she felt like was gonna you know send her kids in the the wrong direction that's what i meant by unit yeah the whole yeah Mm -hmm. i thought that's what you were meaning so um you know i just i it was a lot of times that we talked about it a lot of texts a lot of messages a lot of back in the classroom a lot of different models but i i want to just celebrate that she finally got it and like Mm -hmm. she finally um first she sent me an email and um, then she sent me like a, we do a lot of voice text, voice memo text, you know, and she sent me one of those. And when I finally listened to that one, I was like, you're right, you got it. And she she really had grasped it. And, and it wasn't until she could explain it back 
that she felt like she had it. And I was like, oh, yeah, you really got it. So and I feel like that's probably the point of it is that it's so important for us as teachers to really understand the why Mm -hmm. and to dig until we get it, because when we understand it, well, we can explain it many different ways so that a student can get it. And I'm not advocating for every fourth grader to be able to duplicate what their teacher just learned. Yeah. But it really does make you a better teacher when you understand why instead of just what. It does. Yeah. Because you're going to have some kids that are going to ask those questions and that's frustrating to you and to them when you can't answer it. Can I read you her the first one that she sent me, which yes. is the email, she said, um, thank you for your patience, first of all. And then I think I had an idea. If I have eights and I fold, let me go back and say she really, really um, clued in on the folding paper model. I My brain was like seeing the circle model with this over and over and over and, and cutting pizza basically into mm-hmm. smaller and smaller pieces that's where my i could go every time but she was seeing, i usually go to pizza too yeah yeah she was really stuck on the 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 long paper folding so if i have eighths and i fold each eight each eighth into thirds i'm essentially multiplying each eighth by three and there are eight eighths so really that's three times eight equals 24 so that she's got each eight, three pieces in each one, that's 24 pieces. 24 is a multiple multiple of eight and therefore a denominator that would work. And we've been talking about like how eighths can only be turned into certain things. You can't turn eighths into tenths, you know, like just any number of eighths into tenths. So if I continue to take the eighths and split them into, she wrote fourths, fifths, and sixths, I would say four pieces and five pieces and six pieces, etc. I'm creating equal pieces, but the multiple part, this is how she's making the connection to at least come a multiple, is the total number of pieces because I'm multiplying that eight by the amount of partitions I'm making with each eighth. Is that right? And I would say yes. So this is where I just picked up on that. And maybe this is not even going to be right, but you said fold eighths into thirds. Yeah. That is like eight divided by thirds, which is eight times three. Yeah. Which is why we multiply by three, because we're really dividing it by a third. Mm -hmm. How many thirds are inside of each one? Yeah. Yeah. So when you are teaching your students to multiply both the top and the bottom by three, you're also dividing the top and the bottom by one third. Yeah. And for and third graders are going to like not get that. But, yeah. But you making that connection and the teacher understanding that is is good. Yeah. Now you worked just now you said eight divided by one third. Right. But we're not talking about the number eight. We're talking about one eighth. So one eighth divided by one third. You're dividing one eighth divided by three. I think she's thinking about eight pieces. How many? Oh, I've got myself all confused. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden one eighth turned into the number eight. Now, if you're just focusing on the denominator, but and you're I taking did it out of eight a fraction. Eighths. 
So I did all of them. Okay. Maybe I just didn't say it that way. That's where it would work. Eight-eighths divided by one-third. What are you doing? Maybe maybe I've just confused it more, and she's got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you're, not, you're not wrong in that dividing by one-third and multiplying by three are the right. same thing. And we kind of talked about how when you have the pieces and they're getting smaller, it feels like you should be dividing. Yeah. That's kind of... And so if you want to call it dividing, you could call it dividing by one-third. How many thirds are in, an, in each piece almost? Yes. In each eighth. Is that right? How many thirds? No. It's not. No. no. If you're talking about eighths, you have to multiply by three, right? No. It would be the same thing. Yeah. But there are, if you say how many thirds are in each eighth there's three eighths in there and there are 24 total because now you have three groups or you have eight groups of three i'm gonna just flat out admit i've gotten a little lost here yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i was hoping that i was gonna like bring episode 64 to a close but i think we brought it to a close when we yeah said it's good to have these kinds of discussions Yeah, that one just confused me. Yeah, but then that's okay. We can leave. We can leave that for another run <laughs> in the future, and maybe a podcast, but maybe not. <laughs> okay, um, you wanted to talk a bit about pattern blocks, so let me give you a minute to talk about pattern okay. blocks. Okay, so the last time we talked, I was introducing cues and air rods, and we were kind of noticing and wondering and. I posted a list on the show notes of mm-hmm. things that you want students to notice about um, cues and air rods. And I'm just going to be honest and say it's really hard in sixth grade to start them with cues and air rods when they don't have any prior knowledge to even know, like, this is a one and this is a 10. And so I kind of just felt like I would frustrate myself if I brought them out to try to let them discover fractions. And so I went to pattern blocks. Okay. um, And the hexagons, and I had the extra pieces. So I have the fourths and I have the eighths. Which are brown and purple. Which are brown and purple. Yep. And I also have brainingcamp.com, which is a super cool website that because... I, because I bought the cues and air rods, I got access to this oh, website cool. and I got it for 90 days, which is like almost to the end of school. Um, anyways, they had pattern blocks on there. So I was able to show them on the board as they were building with them on their seat, on their seats. And I just want to say that, yes, we are in sixth grade and we should have been able to just zoom right into addition and subtraction with mixed numbers. Mi- yeah, with mixed numbers and unlike denominators. And I had to come to a screeching halt because although I had kids who knew that you had to change the denominator so that they could be the same, 
I'm going to say 30% of them didn't understand why you were supposed to also change the numerator. Mm -hmm. So I was getting things like one half plus one third has a denominator of six and we're going to call it two six. And I just went back. Um, I actually had to, like I gave them um, context questions where they could only use the blocks because it's like, you have three pizzas and one fourth of one it has mushrooms and half of another has pepperoni. How much is just cheese? And this, my students aren't to the point where they would like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do three minus one half plus one fourth. But when I gave them pattern blocks and had them model it, they could visualize and see mm-hmm. what the answers were. And so we, we parked there yeah. for almost two weeks of just pattern blocks. Yeah. Um, you had some pushback. <laughs> I did. I had some pushback. I had I had to fight for it. I had to say, this is so important. Um, I had some parents who were like, but she already knows how to find common denominators, and we don't even know how to use these blocks. And I didn't tell them they weren't allowed to. I didn't mm-hmm. say you couldn't do it without With, them. Yeah. I didn't have any kids who didn't want to use them unless they were solid kids with lots of fraction number sense and they just knew how to do it. Yeah. Like it was a skill that was already mastered. The ones that were borderline went back to that. Um, And so the only time the pushback like released a little bit was when I created... um, a slideshow, a PowerPoint that was like, what do you notice? What do you wonder? Here's the pattern blocks we've talked about for a long time, for two weeks. And here are some equivalent fractions. What's happening? Why are they happening? And I sent that to the teacher who gave me pushback. And his response was, this is really powerful. I'm going to use this for my fifth graders. When? Yeah. So you know, now we're out for Corona. So I don't know what is going to be happening when I go back. But I just feel like there was this, I can do this. And I actually had some of my students who struggled with fractions say, what do you do with these fifths and tenths if you don't have blocks that fit them? Mm. And so we were able to talk about like I just pulled them out and was like, well, let's make a shape that we can call a hole that it takes five of to oh, make it. Let's cool. talk about that. Now, what would you do with this? And then we wow. were able to use the blues and the greens and make fifths and tenths and look at that relationship. Cool. Um, that That's happened after school. It didn't happen in the classroom. Yeah. And then I think the other thing that was a huge struggle for me was I have a student who spent so much time trying to manipulate the actual blocks like putting the brown pieces on the yellow piece they have to be turned one way Mm -hmm. which is why they were sold separately (laughs) right because the blue ones and the green ones and the red ones just go on as long as you have any edge matched it's gonna fit yeah so not only could she not manipulate them but she couldn't make them straight. So, like, when she was putting three browns on the red, there was a little bit of 
three Browns on the red and they weren't lined up. And because it wasn't important that she had lined them up previously, she really just didn't, she couldn't see the equivalent. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just on a run, you said <laughs> something like, why don't we glue them together? And so I went that day and I got hot glue and I glued First of all, I glued two reds on a yellow and three blues and four browns so that she could use that as a reference point because she had a hard time remembering what was a third. Yeah. So she has those modeled and then she had three purples, which are the twelfths, glued on a fourth. Mm -hmm. And I glued six of them on the reds and gave her her own individual cup so she could see both sides of them. Um and I just was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> and it wasn't amazing, but yeah. she got a little bit further. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. But, well, I mean, you've been talking about how she had so many holes that, you know, you, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, but even the other teacher who works with her was like, okay, well, at least I don't have to just sit there and wait for her. Yeah. You know, because you get frustrated watching her try to put two-fourths on a half when in reality she really doesn't know Mm -hmm. that two-fourths make a half Mm -hmm. um so yeah the pattern blocks and it was just one of those times as a teacher where you're like this has to work i'm not just gonna go to the algorithm yeah um and she was getting the algorithm at home because her mom works really hard with her but if I change one little bit or make it a word problem or some kind of story, even if you just say is a twelfth or a fourth bigger, where most kids who have worked with the blocks can see that in their head and know she is going to go back to, well, the number on the bottom is smaller. So mm-hmm. that means or is bigger. So that means it's smaller. Yeah. So I just want to say good job because that was a rough couple weeks when and when you were in the middle of it like every run I could just feel your frustration and you know and and how the pushback was you know we know one thing and then the pushback was was strong and I think you persevered through it and then to have some people go oh you were right that's pretty cool and I think that mitt boss was my saving grace because I would go on there and nobody knew what I was going through, but I, at school, you I felt like I was on an island yeah. all yeah. alone. Yeah. But when I would come home and get on Twitter, I'm like, look, yeah, this teacher would be completely in agreement with yeah. me if she knew that I needed her now. Yeah. So shout out another mitt boss. Yeah. To, Keep going. Yeah. yeah. So you have anything to add, Jay? Nope. Okay. So we we have to acknowledge the giant elephant in the room, which is the coronavirus, and how this has... It's not in this room. No, it's It's not. not (laughs) We are six feet apart from each other. (laughs) Don't worry. And yeah, it's not in this room. Uh, You said as you cleared your throat. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) I cleared my throat. I wasn't hacking up over here. Um, Y'all, yeah. Like... Just take a moment to real like this is real, and when by the time this goes out, like things could have changed thirty more times, and you know we are yeah. all scared and anxious and fine and crazy and stressed and making jokes but not jokes and like just all the things it just changes so fast. Even even like the in, the info we're getting, and then also like your mood and your 
the way that I'm responding to it is like every five minutes, it's something different. Yeah. So let's just acknowledge that this is tough and we're going to get through to the other side of this. Um, but I did think, I thought we, one of the, we probably are going to talk about this several more times in the next couple episodes because it's not going away anytime soon. Um, but I thought we could talk about Corona homeschool because we've, we've, we're day, is this just day two? I guess. Corona Academy. This, yeah. Corona, whatever. Um, yeah, this is only day two because we had Monday, um, we had, to, we had to actually go into work and then I told my kids we were starting Tuesday. So it's Wednesday. And for me, it's spring break. So I'm really trying to enjoy spring break. Yeah. But I know we're going to have another break. Yeah. Um, the, like the following week we don't go back and, and so and who knows what after and that. then who knows what yeah so i just thought i would share a couple of please do stories yeah great because i haven't heard them all yet yeah <laughs> so one is um well t- say what you were saying about like the overload of of oh i things. just was thinking of all of the parents at home who are now like teachers yeah and all of these educators are trying to be so nice and so they're making all these amazing websites free mm-hmm. well you could spend all day trying to find the best website yeah and completely feel overwhelmed like i feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. and i don't even have a kid at home who needs me and let's not you know i'm not trying to step on anybody's toes but a free crappy website is still a crappy website. Yeah. 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 Making it free, don't make it good. Right. <laughs> and good. so which where, where do you go? Yeah. Like where what what are some good resources? And I actually had a friend in Richmond who sent me this Google's sheets and he had scheduled like you have to do this for an hour and a half and whatever you do, then you put three little blocks and you had to have nine blocks by the end of the day and Oof. he's just like he works for Google. So he's, oh. you know, like, if I'm going to do this, we're going to do it right. Yeah. And so he asked me for some resources. Um, and I gave him math before bed mm-hmm. just because those are really cool pictures to just sit and look at with your elementary students. Yeah. Um, and then I gave him Dreambox. Yeah. And, and that one is because Kent Haynes, who we've talked about on a recent episode, mm-hmm. um, sent out a, a like and he's writing a newsletter to help parents who are in this situation and I fully trust anything that he is going to put out and so he recommended Dreambox and come to find out Kathy Fosno who we have also talked about on this podcast is behind it and when you go in and you I watched trips I watched trip play it and it was all um models based and there were like 10 frames and there were wreck and wreck models and it was and um subitizing cards and you know it's that's all I've seen so far on his is things that are heading towards subitizing and building models and building tins and all that kind of thing. But that's clearly why it must have been recommended. I didn't didn't read in too much detail in his post. I just thought you're recommending it. I'm going to try it. So do you know why it's called Dreambox? I don't have any idea. Huh. Ruth, you have anything else to add there? No, I'm going to have to just look at this at home. Yeah, me yeah. too. And I I might you know, read this whole blog post <laughs> before I think about it again. Okay. Um, I'll just tell you the other two things that we tried. Trip said, I want to learn um, division. And I get that like queasy feeling in my stomach. Like, oh, I don't want to be that mom that taught him all the things before he gets there. And then the teacher's like, oh, what am I going to do with you? You know, we've <laughs> all had that kid, right? Like he's not there? Yeah, he's, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I just... 
I and I also was like a little bit worried about like I need a lesson plan, and then I thought no, just just wing it. So I went into a lesson plan. Yeah, so I'm a giant nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so all I did was went go in his room and like, what does he have a lot of? And on his dresser, he had two mugs of pencils. He had a lot of pencils. So I dumped the pencils out on the floor, and I was like, you and your friend are going to share these equally. How much is each going to get? And we just went through and did that over and over. Um, and it was really fun. I like just following his lead and um, talking about how he, you know, dividing it out and dealing it out, modeling it, like right, drawing a picture of it. He really kind of freaked out when I was like, can you draw me a picture of what we just did? And he was like, almost ready to go over the edge, you know, and I'm like, I decided, you know what, I'll show you what I was going to do or what I was thinking instead of losing him completely. I went ahead and showed him an idea and then he was able to do the modeling for all of the rest of them. No problem. Well, we have a box over there of about seven Brazilian Legos that... That you could take and you could, you know, find different sets of colors and have him divide them out. And, and, you know, he thinks he's sorting. And then you can explain how that was division or that was. Hmm. Yeah. As long as they're in the equal groups. Right. Well, I mean, you can put them in the groups before. I think I have. Yeah. Good idea. So we ended up also using Pokemon cards today with that. And um, my favorite part was when I had 40 Pokemon cards and told him he had to share it with seven people and he made the classic mistake of six remainder two you know when you because he was like counting by sevens he knew he that's he came up with that on his own and he was listing one is seven two is 14 like that and then he got to six and 42 and instead of bumping back down um he he went to six and saw it was two more than he had and said six remainder two so then that's where the model came in because I was like, let's draw a picture. And I didn't say you're right or wrong. I just, you know, oh, interesting. Okay, can we do make a model? And then we had to talk about how he had drawn 42 of them. And um, anyway, it was good. It was fun. That's one of my favorite parts of the day. Cool. Um, with Adelie today for her like extra second half, she had some stuff she had to do for school, but that her teacher gave her. But for her second half, I thought she was just going to play Dreambox again, which is what Trip wanted to do. Um, so there was some like, you know, a little bit of whining. And I was trying to give her some other ideas. I was trying not to make this, you know, a chore in, in any part of the day. It's not about like us cramming it down their throats. So I would just want to keep them active and do something fun. Um, and so I was trying to say, we can solve a problem together, you know, thinking in my mind, I would go to Robert Kaplinsky's site and pick out one of his real world problems. Well, she had no idea what I was talking about. So it's not like she would bite on that, you know, because she couldn't, I know how fun it is to do those problems with other people, you know, finally, I'm like, listen, give me 15 minutes and try this with me for 15 minutes. And if after 15 minutes, you don't want to do it anymore. We'll just stop. And what do you know? At the 15 minute, I looked at her like, it's been 15 minutes. Do you want to stop? And she like she smiled this like, oh, you were right. <laughs> kind of grin. And she's like, we can keep going. And I did my funny dance. And she's like, stop, stop, stop. You know. Probably hitting you and <laughs> Yeah, she away. was. She was. But we did the the drug bust um, question. Have you seen that one where it's like huge stacks of bills and it's how much money is this? And so it's it's a volume kind of problem also working on how much money. Anyway, we didn't get it right or even close to right. Um, and I don't know why yet because I was trying to like, you know, 
read it real like on the fly right this is not how you're supposed <laughs> to teach but i was teaching it on the fly um so tomorrow we said we would come back and figure out we would read his explanation and see where we messed up oh cool. yeah so we'll put a link to that one the drug lust on there okay and just a reminder that you are um, supposed to anticipate strategies and actually read the whole thing before you teach students. Okay, good. <laughs> um, okay. So you're, teaching, you're saying that the teaching strategies that work in the school also work at home? What? What? Yeah. I feel like I'm practicing. Way to go. That's good. All right. Do we have anything else to say about that or do we want to switch gears to the other thing we've decided Well, that's about? a lot of money. Yeah, it's a huge pile, that's right? It's like... A queen-size bed full of money. Hey, let's all estimate how much it is. I already know, so I'm not going to say. I'm not. I can't do that yet. Oh. I, do we know what the bills are? Like, is this a different country of bills? You sound like Abilene. That's exactly. She's like, I can't. I don't know what they are. I don't. She, she, it was. Yeah, are they ones? Are they 20? They're. They're hundreds. They, they're hundreds. <sighs> I see Franklin's face. With, yeah. with some pesos on the side yeah. or something. Yeah. Is that what it is? These are like a different... Why are you hemming and hawing? If you well, want to but... solve the problem, how do we... We don't know the content. Okay, you're right. Because uh, when you do a three-act task... she wants to be right and wants us to be wrong. <laughs> that is the no. absolute reason. It's when you do a three-act task, you have to reveal a small amount at a, a little tiny bit at a time. Well, I just This was two picture the... one. I just zoomed in. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Picture three or four is, is it's already zoomed in for you. So I wasn't cheating. And what's That's at funny. the foot of the bed? They well in the thing he <laughs> ends drugs. He ends up saying yeah. He ends up saying we're gonna not talk about like we're just gonna deal with the American money. The big cube of American money. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. We will we will let that be there because otherwise we'll. So I'm really curious like where he got this picture. <laughs> I, from a drug I, bust. From like a like a news article. Hmm. Yeah, he also has the video where he bleeps out the how much money, which is funny, oh. like your like your other one that you, right um, that you showed in your classroom. They like bleep it out, but he leaves. It's like four hundred something, but they bleep it out, and you hear the f at the uh. beginning. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Kids like that. Okay, so I have it's um, story time now. Great. Okay, are you, is there anything else you want to say about the drug bust? No, I'm totally just looking at the answer. Yeah. <laughs> Way to go. Um, okay, so, so straight to act three. I haven't told you this story, but here's comes uh -oh. the story. Yeah, it's new for Jay. So um, a couple weeks ago, I got a package in the mail at school, and it was wrapped in a brown paper bag, and it was big. And I was like, what is this? And I open it, and it is a, it is a book that I wrote in college, and my friend Lon, um, who lives in Texas, mailed it back to me. And with the book... Did she just find it in some stuff? So... That's part of the story. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> with the book is a copy of the book made in Shutterfly. Okay, so here's the backstory: is that apparently in college, which I had completely forgotten this, she we were really do good. Do you remember it now or do you still not remember this? Um, I can remember parts of it, okay. sort of. But she she sent me an email where she like retold the whole story. I'm like, I should probably know this because I lived through it. I'm part I'm a character in this story. But anyway, um she in college we were good friends and I must have taken her to the Goodwill one time, and I think she said it was her first time she'd ever gone to a place like that. And she got a sweatshirt, and she um, really liked the sweatshirt. She wore it all the time. And 
then it turns out that she had at this, um, I'm not telling this story very well, but I, she went to a nursing home and made friends with this old grumpy old lady, or at least was an acquaintance with the grumpy old lady. And every time she would go to the Hope nursing grumpy home. Grumpy old lady isn't listening today. I don't think grumpy old lady's alive. <laughs> okay. Um, every time she would go there, the lady would say, help me walk, help me walk, kind of like angry, angrily. And the lady, you know, the people at the nursing home was, were like, she can't walk, you know, don't right. worry don't about it. it. Yeah, just leave her in the bed. Well, um, Lon was ho- home for at Christmas one time, and she, I think something happened in her house, and she was angry, and so she left to go visit the old lady, and she realized when she got there that she didn't have a gift for her, but she wanted to give her a gift. So she took off this sweatshirt, this blue Cubs sweatshirt that she wore all the time, left it for the old lady, and I don't even know that they had a conversation. I think she just probably left it by her bed sleeping and left. Well, the next time she came back to the um, nursing home, the lady was um, sitting up in her wheelchair wearing the sweatshirt. Swinging a baseball bat. <laughs> no, but, but wearing the sweatshirt. And Lon had never seen her out of the bed. And yeah. so she's like, oh, my little gift made a difference. So what I, assu- what I assume happened is that Lon told me that story in college. And I was like, that's such a good story. This is so good. So I wrote it and made this like big scrapbook book and illustrated it painted it with watercolors and everything whoa i know it's pretty cool i can't believe you don't remember doing that you know (laughs) so and then i gave it to lon and i guess maybe it was a a assignment i mean i don't know why i would have like gone to all this trouble without it not being an assignment in college (laughs) so i gave it to lon and she's had it and she's read it to her kids a whole bunch and she finally decided that i that like her kids have enjoyed it she thought i would enjoy it so she made a shutterfly version of it and sent me both the real thing and the shutterfly back isn't that cool how did you make it was it like some scrapbook like creative memory stuff or did you write it or it's like a like a big sketchbook okay kind of gotcha, version gotcha. where mm-hmm. i like literally drew and hand wrote the the story into this big sketchbook yeah. i'll have to bring it home and show you guys it's still it's that's cool. pretty cool um lon can do anything <laughs> like I'm pretty sure Lon can make anything. Yes. So that's why that's here's the here's the segue is that um, my friend Lon is a piano player and a singer. And I would call her a mathematician. She is very mathematical. Um, And she's what we learned from Berkeley Everett that those go along. That's true. Go very well together. Just look at me and Berkeley. They could probably also (laughs) Lon and and Berkeley could probably also be BFFs. I think they would like each other a lot. We should all hang out. Yeah. (laughs) You hear that, Berkeley? We're going to hang out with Lon here pretty soon. So um, we wanted to share that she, every year for I Love Math Day, we have this song competition and she's our judge. But at the end of our song competition videos, she also writes a song every year. And this has been like five or six years she's written a song for us. And so um, because Pi Day just happened recently um, and Unfortunately, it was on a Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a loss. also a lot of people missed it because of coronavirus. So we're going to play Lon's um, Pi Day song. So let's hear it. Old MacDonald had a pie as round as round can be. He put the circumference over the diameter and got a little over three. And he said 3.14159.
circle's area and then divided by radius squared and he got 
and we talked about one on here, a story a while back that was in that book. Um, anyway, every year for Pi Day, he, with some students, he used to be a teacher. He's not, he's not a classroom teacher anymore, but he finds students to help him. They're either involved with some project he's working on, and they come up with another creative way to solve for Pi. Okay. So last year they were working on some like balance, you know, the weight, the torque around something to, you know, in a, you know, in a circular pattern and somehow, you know, I went, even if I went back and watched the video, it may not make sense to me, yeah. but they were solving for pie. And it was a very, you know, it was an interesting way of doing it, but it was also a very rough way. So they, you know, whatever they ended up with was close to 3.14, but it wasn't right on, but it was interesting in how just using, you know, they were like weighing books and, you know, how much over the pendulum, not in the center and this and that. And they came up with something oh, really close to be like such a rough measurement. Anyway, cool. this year he, I don't know, you know why he had planned this or whatever, but he was, I don't know if it was the 1600s. I should probably have looked this part up. This is just from memory the other day. Okay. But Isaac Newton was, um, I don't know if he came up with pi, if he discovered the number pi, but he did a lot of work with it. And they were talking about that however many hundreds of years ago, he was quarantined to a building somewhere in England. Mm -hmm. And so he is in this room and he was solving, either solving for pi or expanding and see how many places. And so in, in, in like honor of this, he and this group of students using only pens and pencil measurement, like not formulas online, not like calculation, not calculators, nothing like that. They were solving for pi, like, how you would get pi and it's not like how you would get pi if you didn't have all the equations that she just sang about mm -hmm. how he how newton figured it out and was able to get and you know they tried to get they were trying to get to 20 places past the decimal point okay and you know i think they they solved the 20 they they messed up something and just the process that they were having to go through like what to somebody made sense the first time to take this measurement and this applies to this and this around here. And then, you know, da, 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 to find this constant, it was like, again, just mind boggling and remarkable and how close they came and, you know, cool. doing this math. It's just something, if you are really into, you know, math nerd stuff, I would go check out math Parker and his, this year's Pi Day video was pretty awesome. cool. Well, we'll put so, it in the show notes. This is so weird that you brought that up, but this is a text message that I got yesterday from one of the teachers. And she said, Ruth, when Isaac Newton was sent home from Cambridge because of the Great Plague in 1665, he spent his time formulating the laws of motion and gravity. I expect great things from you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> like, wow. I, I'd heard the story even before Matt's video about Newton came up with all these things. Like he went home for quarantine and came up with like three pillars of science yeah. and, and, and math. That so. is so great. So then, Matt... Matt Parker. Okay. Then I'm seeing all... Oh, go ahead. And his YouTube channel is called Stand Up Maths. Okay. Then I'm seeing all the memes from the moms who are like, yeah, but he didn't have a three-year-old and a seven-year-old and a class to teach and homeschool to do, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's that. A friend of mine sent me one and she's like, if the governor makes the number lower than 10, I'm going to have to be shipping some of these kids out to <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Yep, so. seen that. Lots of Corona memes hanging around. All right, 
shall we um, play one more of Lon's songs? Yes, please. And we will link the rest of them that we can find on her YouTube channel into the show notes. There are more gems to be found. We'll, we'll put as many as we can there. And um, then we'll end with some takeaways. Right, y'all? All right. Here's Lon's other song from this year. Have you ever wished I would write a song about exponents with fairly uninspired lyrics? Well, today those wishes come true. Two to the zeroth is one, and two to the first is two, and two to the second is four, and three is the powers of two. Tell me more. Two to the third is eight, and two to the fourth is sixteen, and two to the fifth is thirty-two, and three is the powers of two. And two to the minus first is one half, and two to the minus second is one quarter, and two to the minus third is one eighth, and three is the powers of two. Two to the sixth is sixty-four, and two to the seventh is one twenty-eight, and two to the eighth is two fifty-six, and three is the powers of two. Can you tell me more about exponential growth? Two to the ninth is five twelve, and two to the tenth is ten twenty-four, and two to the eleventh is three forty-eight, and three is the powers of two. Two to the one half is square root of two, and two to the one third is a cube root of two, and two to the one fourth is a fourth root of two, and three is the powers of two. At first, two to the twelfth is forty ninety-six, and two to the thirteenth is and two to the fourteenth is sixteen thousand three hundred and eighty-four. And those are some powers of two. That's awesome. And I'll have to mention that you really have to go back and watch it on YouTube because yep. she spent a lot of time on the graphics. Have, did you know this, Ruth? That the, I watched it. That the, um, she starts with like one pixel, right? It's, yeah, one little tiny pixel or, or equivalent to that of, of red. And then the red piece doubles and doubles and doubles and doubles until it takes up the whole entire screen. And So 2 to the power 14th is the entire number of, you know, that fills up the whole screen. And it's accurate like if you back yeah. it up it is really half and half and she half did the math to get it that's awesome to be the so right you know what that reminds me of is when we were talking about the game 2048 yeah, yeah. and trip yeah. called it the next number would be 40 80 16 yeah yeah, yeah. i love it <laughs> um she's so talented thanks lon thanks lon you're awesome all right um do we have some takeaways friends neighbors um I think my takeaway is that I'm going to go check out Dreambox and see okay. what I can do for Bella before I say, hey, this is great. Put yeah. her on it. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. I, I just admitted Teacher. like three times in a row that I did <laughs> I did things that today with no planning. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Let me know what you find out. Okay. How about you? Do you have a takeaway? Um, it's just, you know, interesting to, to think about, you know, how this may not be math specifically, but. You know, what I do at school, trying to help faculty be ready to teach from home. And, yeah. you know, they're not just sending kids home with a packet of papers and saying, you know, see you later. Mm-hmm. They're having to, pra- they're having to, you know, do a lot of pre- preparation to teach from home. And in our case, we are going to be able to teach our kids. And there we're, you know, maybe not keep them up necessarily where they would be. But there's a lot of people that can't, they cannot hack that. Yeah. And, you know. I just think it's it's going to be – I feel for those people, but I'm also, you know, hope that they can, you know, come up with some things and try, and try some things. And, you know, I don't, I don't know the best best way to help some of those people, but, 
there's there's all different kinds of you know opportunities but also all different kinds of challenges that people are dealing with um so be flexible and have mercy yeah yeah and i that kind of makes me think about just the administrators and the pastors and the leaders nobody's ever had to lead through something like this and they're yeah. just i mean all the way up the governors and the president you know healthcare workers yeah what what kind of decisions are they making that are affecting everybody? I, yeah, I've just been praying for him and thanking God that I am not in a leadership position. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that I pretty much had the same takeaway. It's just that I want to keep reminding myself to give people grace, you know, in, in all of this. Like, like you said, no one's ever had to do this before. Our principals have never done this before. Our superintendents have never done this before. Our kids have never done this before. Our spouses have never done this before. <laughs> like you have to just keep extending grace over and over. Your your kids, teachers have never done this before. Um, and we can just have a lot, lot of opportunities to be like, yeah. hey, it's all right. We're figuring this out together, you know. So we'll make it, friends. Keep sharing Absolutely. ideas. And we will and keep be, singing about powers of two. Yeah, those are the powers of two. Um, we must admit that we are still running. We are keeping our safe distance from each other on our run. <laughs> um, but I need your roof. <laughs> yeah, and exercise is one of the things you can yeah, do. Yeah, so. just just fully apart from each other yes. in on the same street at the same time, in the same Strava. All mm-hmm. right, I'll see you tomorrow on a run. All right. <laughs>